Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Episode 75 of District of Conservation. This is your host, Gabriella Hoffman. In this week's installment of the podcast, I'm going to talk about a lot of updates that have happened federally and also in Virginia. There are some very important things that were just signed into law, some measures that were taken to make access to the outdoors easier in wake of the coronavirus pandemic here domestically, and a few positive glimmers of hope. Here is what I've got for you this week. Some good news on the conservation front. The Department of Interior just announced last week that sportsmen contributed about a billion dollars in conservation funding last year. And this is from a press release that the agency released. And it said to the effect that sportsmen and women here in the United States generated about a billion dollars in excise taxes last year that supported state conservation programs. And this was dated Thursday, March 19th. Uh, the Secretary of Interior Bernhardt said, quote, our conservation model is funded and supported by American hunters, shooters, anglers, boaters, and other outdoor enthusiasts. These stewards of conservation generated nearly a billion dollars last year alone and make our country's conservation legacy the envy of the world, he said. And basically, if you guys were unf- are unfamiliar with the model of conservation we have in place through the Pittman-Robertson Act for hunting and shooting and then the Dingle-Johnson Amendment for fishing, is that these excise taxes collected on goods, especially through licenses, equipment, firearms, ammunition, uh, are collected by the Department of Interior and then later distributed to 50 states and U.S. territories to be used for habitat, wildlife restoration efforts, hunters' education courses, and many other things that we are very fortunate to enjoy. But that is a very positive thing to come out from the Department of Interior last week. And also something related to the Department of Interior, this is the second important update I wanted to discuss, is the fact that Agencies under the purview of Department of Interior, because if you guys remember, Department of Interior has Fish and Wildlife Service, National Park Service, Bureau of Indian Affairs, and other different conglomerates. They announced that in wake of the virus, that they wanted to waive park entrance fees to National Wildlife Refuges uh, under the Department of Interior's uh, Fish and Wildlife Service, and also through the National Park Service. So I will include to the show notes those links As long as they're not closed, you can access certain places in a National Park Service or a National Wildlife Refuge Service public land if those are near you. But they waived that fee, which is pretty nice. So if you're in and around those areas, go check them out. You can practice social distancing while you do so. A third thing I wanted to talk about to you all is also under the National Park Service here in D.C., We are currently experiencing peak bloom, which is a beautiful display of cherry blossoms that everyone from all over the world comes to to admire. And the whole tidal basin is currently lined up with cherry blossoms because peak bloom just occurred. It actually came about a week earlier than anticipated. And due to obviously the onslaught of the virus, uh, they've closed 
off and uh, delayed and canceled the National Cherry Blossom Festival, which usually takes place. But the Trust for the National Mall just announced last week that if you want to practice social distancing and obviously not contribute to large gatherings, you can see these beautiful cherry blossoms in bloom through the Bloom Cam. I saw a little bit from it and it's a really cool tool. So you can vicariously live through the cherry blossoms through this manner. And you can find the link to that in the show notes to see how you can check out the peak bloom blossoms at the National Mall, specifically the Tidal Basin through this avenue. A fourth thing I wanted to talk about, and this pertains to Virginia, is the fact that three critical sportsmen's bills were signed into law. And if you know me, I am very critical of my governor, Governor Northam, and I do so constructively uh, because he does not really support Second Amendment rights, and I disagree with him all across the board, but I will give him kudos for three things that he did, or that I would say the General Assembly under his leadership did, which is bipartisan. It supersedes politics. These are really three critical, important measures that will benefit Virginia. First bill, I should say, relates to the management of Manhattan fisheries. And this is a huge controversy here because different vitamin companies will arguably exploit the Chesapeake Bay and take out all the Manhattan, which they use to make vitamins from fish oil. And what it essentially did is on March 8th, legislation was signed, and I'm reading from the Congressional Sportsman Fund Bulletin, to transfer authority of managing Atlantic Manhattan from the legislature to the Virginia Marine Resources Commission. And they also say that Manhattan are important forage food for species. And if you guys don't know, striper bass feed on Manhattan. And there's been a lot of controversy around this just because, like I said, a lot of the Omega companies will come overfish the Manhattan and there's none left for the striper bass. It even got the attention of the Commerce Secretary and uh, he basically affirmed the notion to transfer management of Atlantic Manhattan to the Marine Resources Commission. So that's really good to see increased penalties for hunting, fishing, and trapping violations. And this is fine. This is not stripping anyone's rights of going hunting or fishing, but it's increasing stiff penalties for those who violate hunting and fishing. And this is in the form of uh, House Bill 449. And it provides that any person convicted of violating laws prohibiting hunting or fishing out of season, hunting while under the influence of alcohol or any narcotic drug, shooting from vehicles and other various wildlife-related regulations, uh, may be prohibited from the court for hunting, fishing, and uh, trapping in the Commonwealth for a period of one to five years. That is good because anytime you violate something, there should be stiffer penalties, especially for something as egregious as a penalty while hunting, fishing, or trapping. And that's important. The third thing, something I've talked about, and that's probably the most exciting in terms of conservation success, as you guys know me, I've been heralding and championing the reintroduction of elk here in Virginia and the efforts of the Game and Inland Fisheries, and specifically the Virginia chapter of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and private individuals like Leon Boyd and others down in southwestern Virginia who've been responsible for restoring the elk and having a healthy population here. And on March 12th, Uh, legislation was signed into law. The the various house bills I talked about previously a few episodes ago uh, basically will authorize the Board of Game and Inland Fisheries to create a separate special elk tag to hunt elk within the designated elk management zones. Basically, this will give them the authority to establish quotas and procedures to 
purchase an elk license and it authorizes the board to charge a non-refundable application fee for residents and non-residents. And I think I read somewhere that said that, uh, a non-refundable fee, and I'm reading from one of the bills, I think this is House Bill 388, that uh, for residents, a non-refundable fee of $15 for residents and $20 for non-residents for a special elk uh, for the general license, and then for a special elk license, the fee will be no more than 40 bucks for residents and $400 for non-residents. And I think I had heard and read that uh, once the elk herd reaches 400, I think this is under the management plan. If I'm incorrect, feel free to correct me. But I think I saw that once the herd reaches 400, then uh, the special managed hunt will take place. So that'll be really good news for elk conservation efforts and just conservation at large. So you guys will be able to soon buy licenses for elk probably in the foreseeable future probably within the next five years if all goes well with the continued growth of the elk herd but those are three really important things i wanted to highlight in this fourth important update for you as it pertains to virginia and if you want to hunt in virginia you have another reason to especially for this and just updates to general uh, conservation legislation that were needed the fifth and final thing i wanted to talk about is from my friends at go wild which is that phenomenal hunting, fishing, trapping, outdoors app, you ought to create an account on. It's free. But they put out a press release saying that they're going to offer all 50 state wildlife agencies cumulatively potentially up to $250,000 in free advertising if wildlife agencies promote the sale of hunting and fishing licenses in wake of the coronavirus. And Brad Luttrell, who is the co-founder and CEO of the app, said the reason why they wanted to do this. And it, he quoted by saying our online behavior is fanning anxiety's flame. He said, people are stressed from fear of loss and it hurts to watch. We must come together however we can individually to provide continued hope of gain for our communities. We're all challenged with how we can help our country right now. And if we can help even one family get peace in my peace of mind and nourishment, it is worth this effort. And they said in the press release that the Tennessee Wildlife Resource Agency was the first state to come on board. And essentially, they're going to partner with this agency to reach Go Wild members in the state, encourage them to get ready for spring hunting and fishing season, and participate in the state's parks for hiking. And essentially, what it'll do as of March 20th is offer $5,000 in free advertising to any state fish and game agency to promote hunting and fishing license sales and go wild essentially aims to generate revenue for states wildlife management departments and local businesses to promote state parks for hiking and help families procure food this is a really cool effort and they're always up on the latest trends they're really kind of reinventing the wheel and trying to reshape how conservation funding goes and, and kind of creatively disrupt ways to generate income and help continue to replenish excise taxes. So kudos to my friends that go wild for this. I fully support this. I hope Virginia does this and I hope Maryland does this as well. Uh, but if you want more information on it, I'm going to link to the press release for you guys to find out. And if you work for a state wildlife agency, you should reach out to Brad and partake in this effort, especially to encourage people to go outdoors especially in this time of me. Thank you for listening to the podcast this week. There was a lot to digest and a lot of information put out there as it relates to conservation news happening in and around the nation's capital and ways that you can stay engaged and sane in the great outdoors during this time. 
If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and leave us reviews. If you have Apple Podcasts, we ask that you leave us a review there and share with your friends. Any sharing of the podcast, whether you do it through your preferred platform, through Apple, Spotify, Google Play, whatever, or if you share the good word on social media, we'd be really grateful. I'm going to try to occupy my time with this podcast by bringing on more guests. I plan to have more experts come on to talk about their stories, ways that they're navigating the challenges that have arisen from this virus and just ways that we can still promote experiences in the great outdoors. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you practice social distancing. Take advantage of the waived fees if you live near a national park or a national wildlife refuge. Go outside, explore. Spring is in full swing. Flowers are blooming. You can still enjoy time even if you're cooped up in your house and are afraid of entangling with larger crowds. But get outside, get some fresh air, and I hope it'll do you some good. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for next week's episode.